host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right. Good morning, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Good morning. Good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in this world. I'm glad you're here today. I have an amazing guest joining me today. And so what I like to do, Craig, is have you introduce yourself and tell my audience like who you are and what exactly it is that you do. And then we'll hey, rock and roll. Let's do. I'm excited to rock and roll. <laughs> Finally connect with you. But before I introduce myself, I got to say, Max, I love what you do. Oh, thank thank you. you for what you do and what you are bringing to the world. So we need more people like you. So I'm, I'm, I'm delighted and honored to be part of this conversation. I'm honored to have you here. So thank you. You just gave me goosebumps. So thank you for, for the kind words. <laughs> you got goosies. As J-Lo <laughs> says, you get some goosies, right? Right. All right. So my, my name is Craig Bruce, and I am the founder and managing principal of Evolve Health and Lifestyle. And I really believe that health and lifestyle is a decision. And Max, everybody owns it. You got to own it. Um, and, and that's really the premise of, of, of how I work with my clients. And so Every day I'm guiding executives and entrepreneurs who are struggling with burnout to, to reignite their energy. And quite frankly, there are a lot of those folks right now, right? Right. Um, and, and, and we're uh, guiding them to reignite their energy and live a life of clarity, intention, and integrity. Absolutely. And you, you got to have all three, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. what order, but, and that's interesting that you, you say that Craig, because, um, you know, I'm kind of helping on the other side of that spectrum, the executive CEOs, maybe because it is from burnout that are struggling with drug addiction and, yeah. you know, whatever depression, anxiety that comes with, yeah. you know, those high level right. business people that they are. Right. Cause we know, yeah. I know because I've experienced it at one job in my career where burnout was like, I almost quit the field completely. Like I am done. I can't do this. Um, right. But here's what's cool about this journey I've been on with this podcast. Right. So I get to interview yeah. guys like you and, and people like yourself yeah, who share the same thing. Like if I'm going to be at this high level, I got to take care of my health. I got to take yeah. care of my mind and I got, you know, my body and all that right. stuff that you're going to talk about. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Tell the audience exactly, you know, like what I like to do is talk, we'll talk 
professionally and personally, right? So we'll talk yeah. about professionally. What are some of the challenges you face, right? Because I'm sure some of these executives have some ego and you're trying to help them, but they're, you know, you know how it goes. So tell the audience some of the challenges you face, like working with these high performers. Yeah, you know, so it's it's really interesting because my story was, I was one of those high performing executives um, who was driven so hard that the doctor ordered me to bed. Oh, my doctor wow. said to me, if you don't get to bed and take care of yourself, you're not going to be around. But Max, you know what? You know what my version of bed rest was? <laughs> Tell us. I'd love to hear. It was my laptop, my cell phone, and conference calls while I was resting in bed. <laughs> <laughs> The doc forgot to tell you to leave that stuff out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She probably did, and I didn't. But, you know, to answer your question around some of the challenges. So, you know, I feel like right now, so there was a recent survey of uh, about 15,000 leaders globally in about 2,000 organizations. And 60% of those leaders said at the end of the day, they feel used up. That's huge. That's and so for huge. me, that's a real indication of exhaustion, burnout, whatever you want to call it. And then of those 60%, half of them, almost half of them said that they felt like they were going to have to reduce their job or leave the workforce uh, within the next year. And I think we're beginning to see this whole max, ma this whole mass exodus. Mm -hmm. But you know, so with regard to some of the challenges, um, you know, it's interesting. By the time most of my clients get to me, they're they're very successful. They can buy anything they want in the world. Mm -hmm. um, many of them may not be completely happy in some of the relationships, but they reach a point where they say, what's next? And what's, what's, what's my purpose? Why, what, what's my legacy? Um, and that's that. And so then we have lots of discussions around that. You know, that's interesting that you, you say that because I just interviewed um, a rabbi who has an interesting take on, yeah. you know, not just from a religious standpoint, but he says what drives people or what helps people the most is having purpose, right? You can yeah. have all the love in the world, but yeah. if you don't have purpose, you have no sense of direction. You, have, you know what I mean? So that's right. Right. So like I could be loved you know, till I'm blue in yeah. the face. But yeah. if I don't wake up in the morning with something that I love to do, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like being a father, grandfather, if I didn't have that right. purpose, right. I'd be, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. You know, I'd probably yeah. still be in my addictive state, just going, right. you know, pour me, right. pour me, pour me another drink, blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah. that's interesting. Cause like you said, you work with, um, you know, those high level executives that could buy a doctor to take care of them or buy this or buy that. Right. So what are some of the challenges that you see with someone that is so successful when you're trying to tell them like, hey, we got to start from the inside out and you got to change yeah. the way you feel, the way you think, right? Yeah. How does that so go we for don't, 
Yeah, that's that's a great question. So we don't start right at the inside out because I, in my experience, if I start there, they push back, right? <laughs> right. So what right. we do start with is a conversation around, so what do you want to accomplish over the next 12 weeks? Because that's, that's, that, that's, that's the proprietary process that I put together is a, is a 12-week process. It's built on... Um, mindset, nourish, restore, and move. So a very holistic approach. So we start with what do you really, really, really want to accomplish over those 12 weeks? And then the next question I ask them is who do you want to be and how do you want to show up? I love that. Because most people I find have a mindset of have do and be, meaning I got to have something, whatever that goal is. So what do I need to do in order to be this person? And I think I first heard this principle, read about this principle in Stephen Covey's book. I'm listening to that right now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he said, we got it wrong. He said, it's be, do, have. So who are you going to be? What do you need to do in order to have? And I think, you know, I've got a quote here by Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar says, you have to be before you do and do before you can have. And so when, I be- when we begin to have these conversations with the executives and entrepreneurs, we create something that is is who do you want to be and how do you want to show up? Right. And, it, it, and, and that begins to get to passion, purpose, expertise. And then along the way, we talk about what are you eating and how are you eating and right. how are you sleeping and how are you managing stress and how are you moving your body? Because ultimately, that's, that's why they came to me. Right. But little did they little did they know <laughs> deep down inside they really came to me because they're trying to figure out who they want to be because most of my clients are 40 and above. Right. I, all of my clients are 40 and above. And, right. and many of them even 50 and above. Okay. So it really comes down to who do you want to be and how do you want to show up? Right? Cuz how many times I know for me at, at 54 and then getting sober, right? Like along yeah. this journey of recovery yeah. Where I've had that conversation with myself, like, okay, what do I really want to do here? Like, I've been a robot, right? Because yeah. you know, what I mean by that, in early recovery, I do the things that my mentor, you know, mentors, whatever said, this is what you need to do to stay sober. So I became a machine. Like, I just did yeah. things every day, yeah. right? Because right. Right. my whole goal, right, was to be that sober person, that sober yeah. father, right. right? I want to be that, but I didn't know how to do it. Right. So then it's just been like that onion analogy. Right. I, I peel back the layers. I discover if I don't like it, I discard and then I do it all over yeah. again. And, yeah, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that that's what you go through with these, you know, executives. Right. Because and you got it. Like you said, if you're 40 and above 50 and above, a lot of us are setting our ways in certain areas of our life. Oh, right. Yeah. Like we like it. It's my way or the highway. Right. So it's hard for us to want to change that. But luckily, I surround myself with people like yourself 
people that have gone through these changes that say, Max, you know, life is always about change. You got to always be yeah. looking for right. maybe not the next best thing, but how to be the best and most elite version of yourself, right? So that you can serve the people around you. And, and that's been my mentality for the last couple of years, you know, and in almost 19 years of my sobriety, right? Am I perfect? Right. Absolutely not. But but those challenges are hard, right? Because I know at 54, there's certain things that like I'll have a mentor will point out and go, well, you might want to tweak this. And I'm like, no, yeah. dude, I'm comfortable doing this this way. You know, <laughs> and they say, okay, if you keep doing what you keep doing, you're going to keep getting what you keep getting. And I'm like, ah, okay. Since you put it that well, way. Yeah. And you know what? That's so that's a smart mentor, right? Because what I find is obviously the people I'm working with are high performers. They're very smart. And so I bring the science behind health and lifestyle to my clients. So for example, um, one of the, one of the uh, real key secrets that I found in working with executives and entrepreneurs to move their health and lifestyle forward is to create rituals. Yes. Right. And I use that word, Max, I use that word very intentional. I did not use the word routine because when you think of a ritual, what comes to mind versus a routine? What comes to mind for you? Well, see, a ritual, when I think about it, is something good. Like, but a routine could be dull and mundane and like, yeah, I got to yeah, get yeah. up and do this again. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And so, so, so I use that word very uh, intentionally because we all know life is about intention. Yes. Um, right. And with, because um, Michael Bernard Beckwith, who is the, um, who's the founder of the Agape Spiritual Center um, here says um, here in Los Angeles, he says, um, uh, without intention, you have chaos with intention you have clarity. That's that. When I heard that, I'm like, man, mic drop. Right. I get, you that. know, but, but one of the secrets. So for example, coming back to the secret. So creating a morning ritual, that's one of the secrets. And because if you think about what do most people, the minute they wake up, what do they do besides probably going to the bathroom, but what do they do? They check their phone. Yeah. Check for emails. Check their emails. And they check their emails. So when you do that, you actually take the power away from you and give the power to the sender of the email. So we create morning rituals that are science-based. So the first, so, 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 so for example, I encourage them and coach them to wake up every day at the same time. Yes. And get some sunlight if they can, even if you're living in Chicago in the dead of winter. Right. <laughs> right. And get out and get a little movement because we know the science behind that is that that will reset your circadian rhythm. It will also boost your cortisol, which gives us more energy. So that hydrate before you caffeinate. Yes. Right. We know the science behind that is that. Uh, when we, most of us are mouth breathers. And so during the night, when we breathe through our mouth, we get dehydrated yeah. and our bodies are about two thirds water and our brains, 80% water. So if we're dehydrated, we don't wake up with energy. We often will wake up with brain fog. 
But yeah. what do most people do? They go to the kitchen. They, they turn on that coffee pot and they drink caffeine. So we build that in. The, the, other, the other thing um, is uh, we work on, we talked, talked about setting intention. As part of a morning ritual, I personally, before I get out of bed every morning, I ask myself three questions. The first question is, how am I, who am I going to be and how am I going to show up today? The second question is, what do I need to do today to move me closer to my goals? And I actually figure out that the night before. And the third question is, for what am I grateful? Yeah, always. So we build these morning rituals. We also build an evening ritual. So to bring that back to your question is, I'm not going to make anybody change. But what I do is educate them. They're smart. They understand the science. And I will tell you this. One of my philosophies is life is about progress. It's not about perfection. I knew we'd get along, right? Because that's that's a <laughs> saying in our meetings, right? Progress, not perfection. Because, yeah. well, you know, and early on, like I wanted to do everything perfect. I wanted to be the yeah. like the best speaker in a meeting and I wanted people to right. pay attention. Right. And until I got humbled after four relapses, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do my best to be the best human being I can be yeah. every day. Yeah. And, you know, there's a saying that I was taught, you know, that kind of goes along with that, which just hit home for me when I heard you say that, but it's almost like, for me, they said, Max, you got to, you got to act your way into better thinking. Cause you cannot think your way into better acting. Right. Because, oh, I'd been, man, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I had been my addiction ran for a long time. Right. And I, I yeah. it, it finally clicked what I yeah. So if I start doing, you know, like uh, if I want self-esteem, right, I got to go do something esteemable. Right. That's going to give me, yeah. you know, like putting yeah. the cart back into the thing or opening the door for a lady or whoever. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And when right. I started, I to, you know, I started building on that. And being more intentional with my routine, because here's like, I'll give you a sample of my routine is before I get yeah. up, I write three things I'm grateful for before I go to the bathroom, Love before it. I, you know. Love it. And then I go to the kitchen. I drink 24 ounces of water um, before Ooh, I have I knew my we were, coffee. I knew, I, knew, <laughs> I knew we were aligned. You know, and before I have any coffee, I drink 24 ounces of water and then I drink water throughout the day, of course. But I do have to have my couple cups of coffee in the morning. <laughs> no worries. And then, like you said, I just stay intentional on the things like I have to do today that's going to better me as a, you know, to be the best I can be for that day. Um, yeah. There's a guy that's I believe he lived in L.A. He was a famous well, He was popular in the, the health world. Right. The uh, uh, fitness bodybuilder, yeah. Yeah. Sam Bakhtiar. And he all he what he okay. taught one of my friends and the friend shared with me was that you try to be 1% better every day than you were the yeah. day before. Yeah. By the end yeah. of the year, if you've done that, you'll look back and go, wow, I'm 365% better than I was last year. And, and yeah. how, and how, how good is that for the mindset when you know you've tried to help or, or, or better yourself or help somebody else. Right. And um, so that that's awesome what you shared with my audience. And now I'm going to want to dive into like personal, what are some of the personal challenges that you've had, you know, yeah. as an entrepreneur, 
becoming yeah. a coach to executives and just in yeah. your life in general that, you know, where you found yourself at times, just like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So, um, so I, um, such a good question. So I would say <clears throat> the biggest challenge that I've had my entire life, and it's, it's manifested itself in multiple ways is the fact that I need to be perfect. And it stems from not being good enough. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until my mid-50s when uh, a, a very close college friend encouraged me to get some coaching on my own <laughs> um, that I learned that that um, that was that that mindset, I guess you call it mindset, was ingrained in me at a very early age, like when I was eight or nine. Right. And so once I learned that and looked back at my career, which had been an amazing career, um, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I need to be perfect because when I was an, an eighth grader in advanced English class, standing up and reading uh, Evangeline by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Oh, wow. And I said, he laid his head on her bosom instead of bosom. My classmates laughed at me. My teacher laughed at me. And honestly, it was in that moment that, and I didn't realize this, that I realized I got to be perfect. I didn't know that. And I still struggle with that today, much less because there are parts of my ritual are to go back and talk to that little eight-year-old boy and say, it's okay. Right. So no. it's impacted me, you know, as I, as I was launching this business, um, two years ago, I felt like I needed to be perfect. I need to have every funnel created. I needed right. to, you know, I needed to have social media nailed down. And I just looked at myself in the mirror one day and said, Craig, you're not that eighth grade, eighth grade, eighth grader anymore. Just get it out there. You're a smart guy. You know how to coach and consult. Just get it out there. So that was a long-winded answer to, uh, to, to my biggest challenge, and it still is today, is about being perfect. Right. And I, that's, I think um, I can relate to you on so many levels on that, because I had those moments in my life where I can go back to, I want to say, 13, right? Yeah. Where I was working with an uncle and we were selling yeah. stuff at a, at a swap meet and I had to break yeah. out the calculator and he looked at yeah. me like, you have to do that. And then told my mom and, and she, I mean, they made me feel this small. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then I had a teacher, a math teacher who called me stupid one time. Right. So then I was just oh. a rebel from oh. there on, you know, and, oh. and I have yeah. found that a lot of the stuff I did growing up and even into my adulthood was because of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be, I'll show you stupid. You know what I mean? And I proved yeah. a lot of people yeah. right for a long time. And yeah, but you're right. Like the thing, the words we say to people are so powerful. Like I, I yeah. know that I try with my children, my grandchildren, my wife, people yeah. around me to always be intentional with what I tell them, you know, so I don't 
even out of anger. Yeah. Right. But me, I walk yeah. away. I'll just say, I need a timeout. Let me, but, um, but those are challenges. Hey, can, 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 can I build on that? Can sure. I build on that? Absolutely. Because not only, not only are the words that we say to others important, I would say the words that we say to ourselves are even more important because who do you talk to most throughout the day? You're 100% correct, right? Ourselves. You talk, you, talk, you, talk, you talk to ourselves. Yeah. Like I've already had about 15 conversations with myself this morning, right? <laughs> right. Me too. And so part of what I coach my consult, my executives and entrepreneurs on is, and we do this, I say, watch those words. Because words are like, words are like a waterfall. Yes. Or words are like when you're in the shower, they engulf you. And so the words we use, and, and sometimes it's just small words. However, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's listen to those words because they are so powerful. Absolutely. Not only to others, but to, I would say, even more powerful to ourselves. Absolutely. Because I've had that pointed out to me, even during the course of an interview, you know, I've had a... Yeah. Someone tell me, Max, are you hearing what you're telling yourself? And they were right, right? Because I was playing small. I was telling myself maybe or if or I yeah. hope, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and yeah. they pointed out that it's very important what we tell ourselves. If we're going to be intentional, like you shared with us today, right? We have to be intentional with our speech, right? It's not going to be like, oh, Craig, one day I'm going to work with executives. You'd be like, no, it's never going to happen if you keep telling yourself that because that never that one day is always going to be the next day or the next day, right? So, um, yeah, you know, there, and I try to. There are, go I was going to say I just try to do that with my kids, especially yeah. and my grandkids. Yeah. You know, I want to hear how they talk to themselves, right? But yeah. I have to lead by example. I can't be you like, do. you know you what do. I mean? You do. You know, um, there are a um, couple of thoughts. So there are two words for sure that come to mind that we don't use at all during my coaching sessions. One is hope and the other is should. Right. I'm like, don't should me. <laughs> you're going to do it or you're not. Right. Right. Yes. Hope. It's great to have hope, but we're not going to hope we're going to, we're going to figure out, is this something we want to do? And then we're going to figure out how to do it. Right. Right. What does Yoda say? It's always do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I you know? love that. And it's true, though. That's what I had an old timer tell me when I was, you know, they said, Max, you're either going to do this or you're not. There's no try. Trying yeah. is lying. You're lying yeah. to yourself if you say you're going to try. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, OK, well, you know, I haven't had to change my sobriety date in almost 19 years. So she goes, it must have worked. <laughs> Man, that is that. Congratulations on that. How does that feel? Oh, it, it's, it's amazing. And it's also surreal. Like if, yeah. um, you know, I tell you some of the stories, which we'll have to have to do this one day, but like, yeah. I shouldn't even be sitting here. Some of the things I've done, as you know, it can yeah. get pretty serious. So for me, it's like, when I hear, I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn 19 in September. It's like, I have to pinch myself. But wow. at the same time, I tell myself, Max, you did the work that you deserve to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're you're yeah. setting an example for the people who are coming in. You're setting a, you're breaking generational whatever, you know, when it comes to that, because I have addiction on both sides of the family, mom and dad. So, yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah. um, so 
it feels really good to know that the work pays off. And, you know, sometimes, like I said, you create that ritual that I've done for 18 years now. It doesn't feel like work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, and right. it's just what I do. It's, you know, what I, I love to do and then share it with other people. So, you know, I hey, appreciate do you find do you, do you find that work is an addiction as well? Well, yeah, work can be. I, yeah. I know I, there's been, like I said, there's been a time where I thought I was going to quit being a substance abuse counselor because of the burnout, like just, they were yeah, just right. But then there's times where, you know, I'm telling the wife, I'll be home in five minutes. You know what I mean? I'll be home in five minutes, but I got to get this, you know, treatment plan done, or I got to speak to this client yeah. and I'll be there. Hey, oh yeah. Workaholic. I've definitely seen that happen in, in a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I just wondered if in you, in the course of your career, if you would consider work, being an addiction. I, I mean, I clearly found that I was addicted to it for multiple reasons, but I just, I'm just curious if, if, if you would consider it an addiction. Well, um, just to answer your question, it can be for some people. I, if I'm the guy looking from the outside in, yes, I can see where, you know, right. I've seen uh, the owners of businesses where they're just, that's their whole yeah. being is that, that, that business or right. But for me, and I'm sure you've heard it, right. If you love what you do, it's not work. Right. So it doesn't seem like I'm working some of the time. Some of the times it is, yeah. you know, um, but for me, what I have learned over the years is just, I take it one day. It's the cliche. I take it one day at a time. Yeah. Um, and luckily for me, I have coaches and mentors out there that will set me straight. If they see me, going off, you know, left instead yeah, of going that's right, good. you know, and, and that's, good. that's one thing I've learned to surround myself with, you know, you know, I, I yeah. didn't depend on one man, like my sponsor. And he even told right. me at times when he was busy, Hey, yeah, go talk to other guys. I mean, I want you to do that. So luckily I've had different views, whether it comes to my recovery or, or to work. And, yeah. um, you know, and I've always managed to have great mentors that led by example. So, you know, I have one guy that said, you know, I leave my phone downstairs. When I go to bed with my wife, that phone is downstairs and it doesn't bother us. We go to sleep or we watch TV before, we, you know what I mean? We have our, our time together. Right. And uh, yeah, so it can be, it can be, like yeah, I said, yeah, it hasn't been curious. for me, but I've seen it in other people where I'm like, Ooh, Hey, you want to sit down and have a little one-on-one -on -one session? This is what I see going on. <laughs> they just look you at know, me like just. <laughs> Interesting that you talk about leaving your phone downstairs. So part of the evening ritual, because the evening ritual that I work with my clients to really design is intended to protect that last hour before you go to bed. Why? Because um, we want to ensure that we're getting quality sleep. And quality sleep is, is not only the number of hours, but it's making sure you're getting into deep sleep and REM sleep, which is right. where the body and mind repair itself. So what do most people do the last hour before they go to bed? They're watching TV. They're surrounding themselves with bright overhead lights. They're, on, they're checking email, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so part of the evening ritual that we design is to at least 30 minutes before you go to bed, shut off all your electronics and keep those electronics out of the bedroom, TVs, all that kind of stuff. You know, the bedrooms for sleeping and, 
and relationships, right? Right. So Absolutely. that's part, that's, that's so, because everything that I do is, like I said, science-based and it's creating these sustainable habits. Because that's, you know, if you, if you can change your habits or when you change your habits, you can change your life. Right. Exactly. Um, that was, yeah, absolutely agree with that. And see, audience, if you're paying attention, right, the people that I've had on here, they're not just, you know, they're not telling you that they just made this stuff up, right, and they're helping people. This is stuff that they've done themselves, right, and they continue to do themselves, right, because they know, and you and I know that, you know, we can spot a fake a mile away. Like you can see it all over social media. The guys, you know, driving the Porsches and the Lamborghinis, right? right? And half of them <laughs> are are not what they say they are, right? I right. know a few who are truly are like that, but they're some of the most giving human beings I know, right? But they don't flash it all over. But you get what I'm saying. So audience, I want you to understand that the, the reason I bring the guests that I bring, because they lead by example, because they share with you their personal stories, as well as professionally, like how they get to overcome their challenges and are successful today, like Craig here today. Um, so this has, you know, been an amazing time so far, and I want to keep going. So um, I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness, and I love to ask my guests a couple of questions, right? So knowing that I wrote uh, Fearless Happiness, i start with fearless, Craig. What does fearless look like for you? And how does that show up in your daily ritual? Uh, yeah, man, um, I've been waiting for this question. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting it. Awesome. Um, so for me, fearless means living my life with intention, well, with clarity, intention, and integrity, in spite of the fact that I have fears, right? The fear of not being perfect, okay? And so how it shows up in my daily life is that having created such self-awareness, I know when I'm falling back into that little eighth grader mode. And so what I do is I use a technique called notice, name, and navigate. So when I find myself in these situations, I notice what's going on. I call it out. And then I navigate the situation. And what that does, Max, from a science-based perspective, is it takes my thought process from the back of the brain, which is where that whole critter survival brain right. wants to protect me. Right. And it moves it to the prefrontal cortex, which I can make some rational decisions. So there's a little science in my, you know, in my, in my, in my madness, but it really means just living my life in spite of the fears that I have. Right. I love that. The famous quote by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, right? Only thing to fear is fear itself. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm glad that you shared that because a lot of us, and I'm guilty of it too, right? Sometimes live at that back brain, right? It's fight or flight. Yeah. We get into a oh, scary yeah. situation. We're Absolutely. either going to fight 
or we're going to run. Right. And right. until, like you said, you notice, uh, what's the other one? Notice. So it's, it's notice name and then mm-hmm. navigate. Right. So until we can notice what's really going on. Right. And then name it, yeah. whatever that it is going on and then navigate yeah. through it. Right. Because if you think about what you just shared with my audience, that's enough pause to think about, you know, like you're saying, you're saying, okay, I'm going to notice this. I got to name it. You're thinking to yourself, instead of reacting, you're responding to the situation. Right. And then you get to make better decisions. Right. Because I can tell you, right. uh, And there was a reason my nickname was idiot for a while in my early recovery, because I was a a reactor, you know, and it was probably where I came from and, you know, the things I learned, Rather yeah. now I respond, right? So that you just gave me some tools yeah, too. I love to, that. I love that. You know, and um, so, you know, I want the audience to understand that like you can change and change doesn't have to be big. It could be yeah. small things daily. You know, like I have a mentor that says small steps forward daily, right? We're always, yeah. if you can sit back for a minute, take a look at what you're doing and know if you're on the right track or you need to make some changes, that's half the battle, right? Because, yeah. the, but we see it yeah. in the world today. A lot of people like to react and, you right. know, it, it sucks because our, our media shows it, you know, yeah, and it, it's just, right. And that's why I choose to surround myself with people like yourself, Craig, because I know you take Thank the time you. to go, like, I'm not going to just go, Oh, I'm going to tell Max this, but then I go see Craig doing this over here. Right. He's going <laughs> to, yeah. I like when people walk the walk and talk the talk. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your fearless with me. So Thanks. then I wrote happiness, right. And I put a Y, yeah. you can see that I put a Y in there. I can, I can, I love it. Um, so knowing I put the Y in happiness, what does happiness mean to you and how does that show up in your life? Yeah. So for me, happiness really means, Max, um, living the life that I worked so hard to build based on my values and my non-negotiables. I know what my values are. I know what my non-negotiables are. And I use those as filters for every decision that I make. And I'm, 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 I'm happy, man. I love it. I love it. Wow. You know, this has been a great time. I, I, I'm so glad that you reached out and you're here as a guest. Awesome day so far. I mean, this is what a way to start off my day with Craig Bruce uh, and sharing his, his uh, wisdom with us. So I hope you got a lot of that wisdom audience. Pay attention to what he's saying. Um, there are really good people like Craig out there that are really, that's why I'm trying to bring them on. Cause I want to show the world that, you know, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You can overcome any challenge, whether you're a high performing executive or you're a blue collar, it doesn't matter, right? What you're doing. If you want to be better, you can be. Um, so what I like to ask my guests too. So if someone wants to work with you, Craig, where can they find you? Yeah, so the best way to reach me would be uh, email. It's craig at evolvehealthandlifestyle.com. Those are all spelled out. Craig at evolvehealthandlifestyle.com. Awesome. Awesome. This has been a great time. Great, great, great yeah, time. I loved it. So loved before, it. before we part, though, I want you to impart some wisdom on my audience. So what would you share with my audience? What 
what advice could you give my audience to help them, you know, move forward, not only move forward in their life, but help them live the best life possible? So um, two pieces. Is that okay? That's perfect. So one would be small. Uh, so small hinges swing big doors. So it's about progress, not perfection, but small hinges swing big doors. And you and I both said that. And then the biggest mover of the needle for the clients that I work with is about setting boundaries. Boundaries based on your values and your non-negotiables and boundaries is a good word. <laughs> right. I love it. I love that. Have to have good boundaries. Have to. Just like your non-negotiables and your values. You know, I, I don't swear on them anymore. I, I used to. I used to, you know, but it's a learning process for me. But once I got clear and intentional, like, look at, I have this amazing guy named Craig Bruce on my podcast, sharing his wisdom with us. You know, a lot of good things happening in my life because of the things like he just said that I try to apply every day. So I really appreciate you coming on and being a guest, Craig. It's been a been a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, audience, if you loved it, please subscribe. Please leave a review. If, it, if you learned something, if it made you smile, made you happy, even if it made you think and go, hmm, <laughs> please leave a review. That way people can find it. And um, yeah, we're going to, uh, until next time, I'm probably going to have you on again, Craig, because this was just a wonderful conversation. We caught it. We probably could have went all day. Um, yeah, we could have. And um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this. So until next time, everybody, love you all. And I will see you on the next episode.